in the sun is what they have in SoCal, but there's a lot of birds for this gal. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. I'm Hannah, and he's Eric. And we created this podcast to share our adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on birding topics. We are definitely not experts, and anything that we discuss that might be controversial we want you to remember, there are our own opinions, and they might be different from yours. I feel like it's been so long since we recorded that last podcast. Yeah, it's, we, I, we, because we recorded, like, the, the last episode we recorded so much of it before the last minute. Yeah, because we were, like, on top <laughs> of it, so we were, like, you know, we had all those interviews done and everything. Yeah. So I feel like I'm out of practice. <laughs> it's, it's been a while since we actually did an episode. And we actually made an episode. There's been so much going on since then. Yeah, seriously. So dealing with, with all this, like, the global pandemic and all the... Everything that's going along with travel and all that stuff. And coronavirus Corona and all that. and COVID and all that, yeah. Yeah, so that's just been a whole lot. And I know, like, there's a lot of panic right now because, like... Folks have pre-existing conditions that, you know, this could impact mm -hmm. and like, I definitely don't want to downplay like what they're, they're going through and the stress that they have, that they might get sick and that might, um, you know, be affected because of whatever, uh, pre-existing condition they have. So, or, or transfer it to someone that does have something. I know it's, it's kind of scary. I was asking my parents the other day, like, have you ever lived through something? Like, a lot of times, because we're millennials, we'll have something happen. Like, you know, an election year that's really crazy. And I'll be, like, panicking about it. I'll ask my parents, like, you know, is this normal? Has stuff like this happened before? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, this happens every election cycle. You just weren't aware of it then. And so then I'll feel a lot better. And then with COVID... I, I've asked my parents, like, has this happened before where people go on the run for Lysol wipes and toilet paper and, you know, all this stuff. And they were like, no, this hasn't happened before in our lifetimes that we're aware of. So that stresses me out a lot. <laughs> that this is like a whole new reality that we're dealing with. Well, we have pretty poor leadership politically right now. So it's... Wow, Eric, this isn't a political <laughs> podcast. Keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> but... That's, that's, that's leading to things. It's not, not just, um, regardless of political affiliation, the leadership is just not what it should be in terms of getting out the information and all that stuff. So it's causing more of a panicky situation than potentially could be if we had been handling things the whole, the, the correct way or the way that historically, um, pandemic emergencies have been handled. But, so... Yeah. Anyways. So that's led to a very unfortunate situation in our lives. Um, so we had planned to leave for Israel in, geez, like two weeks from now. And we just uh, got... 14 days from recording. That's two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Right on it. <laughs> so um, we got the word just the other day that uh, the competition... Well, that Israel has shut down its borders. Not shut down its borders. No. It's required that any travelers coming in go under a quarantine. So, a 14-day quarantine. So, um, our my team, the women's in step, women in step, that you women's. guys... Women's. That you guys have <laughs> all been so fantastic and supportive of. Um, we are not able to compete at the level that we 
wanted to. And so at this time, um, we're planning on doing our competition in 2021 because we can't get there, really. Yeah, so three, three out of the five team members can't travel to Israel without the 14-day quarantine, which for us, we were flying in five days before. Yeah. And then we were going to have like a day and a half afterwards. So we had seven days total in Israel. And so a 14-day quarantine puts us over the entire trip that we were planning on being over there. So it's just it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense to try to go over there, be in quarantine for four, change our flights to be able to be over there for 14 days, potentially get sick. Uh, yeah, but potentially come down with even if it's not COVID, come down with a flu, and that would then disqualify us from leaving quarantine. So unfortunately, we're just not going to be able to go to Israel at this time, and yeah. we're hoping that the team can compete in March 2021 and hopefully this will all be over. Yeah. Oh, it'll, it'll, I'm sure this is all, it's all going to blow over within probably a, a couple months, I would imagine where it would be, it gets, it'll get to the point that everything will happen. But either way, the money that was donated to champions of the flyway is still going to stay the step Eagle. They're still, still going towards conservation for the step Eagle. So anything, if anyone, any of our listeners donated any kind of money to this, it's not just kind of disappearing into anything. It, it is going towards the step Eagle and going to, going to help conservation and research efforts for the, the endangered step Eagle. So that's, that's still good news. And you guys still wrote, raised, rosed, raised a whole bunch of money almost fifteen thousand dollars almost fifteen thousand dollars so far it's the this deadline's still not over yet but you guys have raised almost fifteen thousand dollars towards conservation for the step eagle so that's fantastic and i'm really hoping that so we've talked as a team about doing a global big day sort of of the the five of us um so there's two of us from israel one you know uh me from Oregon, one from Texas, and one gal from Boston. And so we were talking about doing a big day that would um, incorporate lists from all of us. So we're really hoping to do that as maybe take it a little bit further, but we're not ready to announce anything like that yet. No. But stay Pro tuned. Probably tomorrow or the next day after we're done recording this, but <laughs> It'll, this will already, <laughs> like, already announce it and this will come out. Exactly. Ah. <laughs> so anyways. Anyways, we're super bummed about this all. And, you know, I know it's not anybody's fault and everybody wants to just make sure that people are safe and healthy. And, um, you know, we try to prevent the transmission of this disease, this virus and prevent anybody from else from dying from it. So we totally understand. It's just, as you can imagine, super disappointing. Yeah. And luckily the airlines are very... Have have been very forgiving through this whole situation and borders closing and we think we got going, our money back. Maybe I don't know. It it kind of seems like we did. So I think think we should be all right. Think uh, they, they they gave us credit so we can use. They didn't give us our money back, but yeah, we we, we can. They put it into our digital wallet for Delta, credit. so we can we can then use it to purchase another flight, which will happen <laughs> i guess we're gonna panic go somewhere <laughs> i guess so but any, anyways um that's that's, that's what's going on that. with the women in step and the champions of the flyway so stay tuned because maybe something will happen yeah but maybe not i don't know i think something will happen yeah um we have also 
want to we also want to give a shout out to our listenership for this last episode so our tough to puffin episode mm-hmm. which i think we probably mentioned we were just super proud of <laughs> yeah it was i i think we spent we spent basically an entire year putting it together so it was super exciting for us to see finally see the culmination of a full 12 months worth of work even though it was only like three different days in those 12 months. <laughs> I did but it was a lot, a lot of thinking. Of think- it was a lot of thinking about it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, the number one listenership for that episode was Portland um, because we put it on all our Portland pages and we have a lot of yeah. friends in Portland. And, a, and a, lot of the, a lot of people that knew the people in the in, that we interviewed were in the Portland area. Yeah. So. Um, but we had a very close second um, three-way tie between Anchorage, Alaska, Seattle, and San Diego. So that's kind of funny all up and down the West Coast. So thank you all for listening in. And as always, if you want me to say your really weird town name, um, get all your friends in that town to listen to it. Yeah. And so I don't understand. Truth I, I understand New Mexico. Yeah. I, I understand Anchorage and I understand San Diego being in the close second. So Anchorage has... Tufted puffins. Yeah. And San Diego, we were just down there talking about the. Yeah. So about we like so, networked it out. So you, you get some more listens there, but Seattle doesn't make any sense to me. But I guess maybe if it's just, been up there all the time, I don't know. Maybe we just have a lot of friends there. Maybe. Who knows? Shout out to you, yeah, Seattle. Seattle. Let us know why you're listening. Eric doesn't really get it. I don't but... get it, but I mean, I don't get why anyone would listen to me. But. Oh, <laughs> I can't tell if that's sweet or not. Yeah, I don't know. I get why they listen to you, Hannah, but not to me. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. There we go. You, you can put those words in my mouth. That's fine. <laughs> so, um, the beer we're drinking today. Yeah, because we're still getting back into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to talk about it every once in a while. So, um, we just went to McMinimins for dinner. Um, We've talked about McMinimins. Yeah. Go in a past episode and listen to it. Yeah, lots. we've talked about McMinimins lots of times. They're, there's local brewery. They're, they're pretty good. Um, we are drinking their... It's something that I haven't had before. They're what they call Disco Boogie. And it's uh, a hazy IPA. Isn't our song called Disco Boogie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's Jungle Boogie. Ah, uh, dang. dang it. Anyways. Um, so it's a hazy IPA. It's it's pretty good. They were they describe it as dankity dank dank. I don't get that at all. I I don't I don't get a dank flavor to it at all. It is really all. juicy and like I don't like IPAs, but I'm really getting into these hazy IPAs because they tend to be like juicier and not as like it's a very fruity flavor. Yeah, like, it, super fruity flavors. And that's what I like. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're they're really flavorful. This has a tropical fruit and honeydew, I guess, in it. It's pretty good. I don't taste the honeydew, but I also don't know what honeydew tastes like. It's honeydew is like flavorless. I don't know why anyone would say, "Oh, this is flavored like honeydew," because it's like <laughs> it, it's like you know watermelon. It tastes like green. It tastes like green foam. It will taste. It tastes like green, like green, like the flavor green. Oh. Like there's yes, there's like yes, nothing I to understand. it. Unless you bite to the rind, and then it's really sour. Is but it? you just stay away from the rind, and you're all right. Why do you have a rind? Rind. Like don't like, you, like, don't you like, cut it off the rind? No, no. Like you, like if you're eating a fresh honeydew. Or like a fresh cantaloupe or I something. You bite the rind. I never eat a honeydew or a cantaloupe. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk to you. Let's. Wow. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. Episode. I know what watermelon tastes like. <laughs> like that's what we're divorcing. That's, that's 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 not okay. I'm keeping the money. <laughs> that's that's not okay. Cantaloupe is really good. And, is it? It smells and honey, gross. And honeydew has no flavor. 
<laughs> but cantaloupe is really good. It's. I don't like the smell of it. What, it? I don't think cantaloupe has a smell. It does. It has a smell. It's yeah. kind of like meaty. <laughs> meaty. Yeah. It's a meaty. It's a meaty melon. I, yeah. It's good. I, don't know. I like it. Yeah. So anyways, this beer is really good. If yeah. you're in McMinnmans and you have a chance to try a Disco Boogie. 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 I can't say it right now. It sounds wrong. Anyway, it's delicious. So stop yeah. in and try one. Or any of the other beers. And so I guess the last bit of bird news, which will last apparently this entire episode. Yeah. Your birthday was yesterday. It was, yeah. Did you have a good birthday? Yeah, it was good. I installed some floors. <laughs> I, 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 pulled, I, I pulled some toilets. I installed some floors. We went to Mexican for lunch. Yeah. Good. What else? Uh, I, I feel like you're leading me to try to say uh, the um, I made you one, brownies, one of but you, you made me brownies. One of the neighbors brought over some cupcakes. I know she did more for you than any of us did. <laughs> they got me a card too. <laughs> I didn't get you a card. <laughs> Do you still like me? Yeah. Okay. Good. I don't know because you know you, you don't like cantaloupe so. <laughs> You, That's, you, okay. you refuse to eat cantaloupe. Okay, so it's not that I did get you a card. It's just the cantaloupe it's thing. It's the cantaloupe thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, getting into this episode, we went to San Diego. Again. Yeah. So, if you didn't That's get... That's a really en- good place to go. If you didn't get enough of our San Diego episode before, we got you another one. But this time, we're going down for the San Diego Bird Festival. Yeah, so the day before the festival... Well, hang on. Okay. Can we talk about why we got into this festival in the first place? Yeah, go for it. Okay, because we had a lot of people ask us. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, why are you here? Yeah, there's... So the San Diego Bird Festival is 99-ish percent local, local people, local guides, local visitors. Like, everyone there is someone that lives... In and around San Diego County. Which is unique, at least for a festival. For a festival that size, too. Yeah, because we, we heard um, that it's probably the second biggest festival in the country. We don't know if somebody was just yanking our chain or not, but they said that there was over 700 people registered for it. Yeah, which and is which puts it at number two, because Rio Grande Valley had... Between like, four and 600 this last year, I think. It sounds like that. And then, and then Biggest Week is like... They blow everyone away. It's well, like three thousand or something. It's a two week long festival. Seriously. Come on. But so 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 like with their seven hundred ish participants registered from from the numbers that we kind of heard secondhand from third hand secondhand. Yeah. The that that puts it as the second largest festival in the country. Which like it doesn't necessarily feel like that, but okay, but getting into it. Mm-hmm. So the whole reason we got on with this festival, because like we said, a lot of people asked us, they were like, oh, you're not from here. Why are you guiding? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was because uh, the coordinator of the festival, they posted Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, she posted on my favorite Facebook page, World Girl Birders, and said, um, "Is are there any women who want to be guides with this festival and i was like me i am a woman i would like to guide with this festival and she said are you from san diego and i said no (laughs) and she said we can't afford to fly you down here and i said but i can and so she said sure if you want to come down and pay you know your your room and flight that would be great. And so we were like, hey, yeah, that sounds like a fun vacation. Yeah. 
and it's not a it's not a expensive flight from Portland to San Diego. So. No, it's like two hundred and something for no. the two of us. Oh, for the two of us, yeah. yeah. Um, so we were like, yeah, let's do that. So um, we went down and we were. <laughs> we, we we found a super cheap hotel room. It was like six, 60 bucks a night or something. I would not recommend staying there. It, it wasn't that bad. Hannah, it wasn't that Hannah bad. complained about it a lot, but it's. I didn't complain yeah. a lot. I just can clean a room better than <laughs> they can. Oh, oh, for sure. It's yeah. Our our rooms at our hotel are significantly cleaner than their <laughs> hotel, but. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't super bad. We didn't hear gunshots. No, no gunshots. No, there was no loud music after like 10 o'clock at night. It was, yeah. it was, it was nice. And the bed was comfortable enough. Yeah. <laughs> pillows could have been better. Oh, for sure. There's only three pillows for a king bed. What's right? up with that? I know. You need um, at least four pillows. You need five. You should have five, but you need at least four. <laughs> Industry standards. <laughs> so anyways, um, so that's how we got on with the festival. Somebody asked and we were like... I, I put myself out there, which is not something I normally do, but because of, like, a lot of feedback from women and, like, how you get involved with all this, I was, like, putting myself out there, which is scary, but then I got positive results, so I'm happy. <laughs> so, anyways, um, put myself out there. We got on with the festival. We've been looking forward to it for a long time, and it was so exciting to get down there. We got down to San Diego late in the evening, got to our hotel. Checked in, good. Went to the restaurant in the parking lot, which was good. Yeah, it was, it was a pizza place. Yeah. Kind of. And then it was good. we were like ready and raring to go the next morning. So got up, went to Tijuana Slough National Wildlife Refuge. Yeah. Which is incredible. Oh, so we got there tons. Like, I didn't have time to like start the eBird app and start tracking and stuff like that. Because there was just so many birds right off the bat. And this was... A Tuesday morning? And just Wednesday FYI, morning. whatever, yeah, I think it was Wednesday. Wednesday morning. They're not open, like, Wednesdays, and also <laughs> the bathrooms aren't open. Yes. Which, normally National Wildlife Refuge is, you know, their their bathrooms are always open. It's like a pit toilet or mm -hmm. whatever. This one, I think it's because it's in such a residential area, um, like, super urban, and right yeah. where it's at. It's, like, on the edge of an urban landscape. The bathrooms aren't open, so it's just... Keep that in mind. Yeah. So when the visitor center is closed, the bathrooms are closed. So yeah, yeah take take so stock of that. When when you, when you stop to get coffee in the morning, use the bathroom there too. Yeah. Before you before you get to the refuge. <laughs> but anyways, the um, refuge birds everywhere. It was Wednesday morning. We were the only people there for a little while. And yeah. Then there was a couple runners come through. A couple bike riders come through. But pretty much nope, nobody out there. And towhees all over the place. Cal California towhees everywhere. Black phoebes, tons of black phoebes. And Alan's hummingbirds out the wazoo. Oh they were, my gosh. There was probably 15 or 20 of them just nonstop buzzing us, buzzing each other. It was an Alan's hummingbird extravaganza out there. So there's the visitor center, which, like we said, we didn't get to go into because it was closed. Um, yeah, it happens. But there's also gardens around the visitor center, which are just like full of birds. So that's definitely a place to go check out. And then there's a trail that, like, goes out along the slough, mm -hmm. which I guess there's a tidal influence there, low tide, high tide. Oh, yeah. For sure. I think we were there doing low tide. It must have been. Um, I, we I didn't pay attention to tides the entire week we I were know. there. I know. Everybody kept saying, like, look I should the tides. Have. I, yeah, constantly asking us what the tides were, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't And I didn't care enough to look at I should. I should have looked it up and been like, oh, well, it's we're, we're this kind of hour range, but... I don't know. 
I know what it is here all the time. <laughs> I don't know there. Well, anyways, so this trail like goes out by through the slough, and it's like what half a mile or so, um, maybe like that, maybe yeah. a mile out and back. And we started going over the bridge, and there was like this Allen's hummingbird that was sitting on whatever bush, and it just sat there and sat there and sat there. And like I, we got videos of it. It was like <laughs> incredible, and it was only a few feet away, so that was amazing. And then we were walking out towards the end because we've heard that Ridgeway's rails were there. So we were looking for them. And off in the distance, like between us and there's like a set of houses, there was this whole like... Or like towards the west. Yeah, yeah. There's this whole like, um, I don't know, floodplain? I don't even know what to call it. Like salt marsh area and just loads of wimbrels out there. Yeah, way, like way, way out in the distance. It looks like there is either an old boardwalk that has been torn apart or maybe it was a fence or like a train track or yeah maybe trussle there's something there's a bunch of pilings dripping down and they were like hanging out all by the pilings and so it was like maybe 200 300 feet away maybe 400 500 feet i don't know way way out that far enough that um you couldn't you could kind of you pretty much tell what it was that there were wimbrels with binoculars but then with the scope it was like oh that's for sure but yeah with the binoculars, it's still kind of difficult to ID them. So, so we got a wimbrel, s- however far you can't identify a wimbrel, move them closer <laughs> 50 feet, and that was about as far as they were. <laughs> so, not flying though. No. Not, not wimbrels in flight. Um, so then we got out to the end and not really anything there. So we started walking back and then right like at the edge of the property, there's apartments, which would be the most incredible place. Oh my gosh. Oh my I, gosh. I, every time we went by these like different wetlands all throughout this last week, it was like, we, like we'd be next to a wetlands and we look over to the left and there'd be like apartments that have like decks to face towards. And it's like, how much, this would be awesome to like there <laughs> at Mission Bay, like everywhere we went, like there was apartments overlooking wetlands and it's like man this would be so awesome to have an apartment that like looks over all of this right um but there were night herons in the trees right there yeah. so we both both night herons that's what i was thinking yeah both yellow yellow crowned and black crowned night herons that was that was super exciting and they were they were just like ro- they were roosting in the trees and like squawking and flop flopping back and forth so so while we were out at the end of the slough trail we saw like a truck that was coming at us and like some bird watchers and so we were like okay so let's try to figure out like when we got back to the car we were like let's try to figure out how to get to the south side of this trail so like we looked at google maps looked all around and like could not figure out how to get there except for through this um like army like a military base like yeah is it army is it navy coast guard i don't it was some some military base well, anyways, so we found the military base, and we <laughs> like there were all these people like driving in. They would just like stop at the te- you know the toll station or, or the bolt. The stop booth. at the at the the security booth. Yeah, so they would stop there and then drive in. So we like drove around the circle or drove around the block, and it, like we were looking at it, and we we're like, oh, maybe we can go in. So we like pulled oh, in. At first, I was like, no, we can't go in. That's military base. There's no way. And then, but I was like looking at the map, and I was like, there's no other way in to this spot where these other people were so 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 it's like okay fine we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot so we <laughs> i pull up to the booth and the lady's like can i see your id and so then i was like um i have my driver's license she's like no i need military id <laughs> we're like, like we're not military i'm, I'm, not, I'm not military she's we're like, burning she's like well what are you and she like got like super snippy she's like what are you doing here it's like 
Uh, I'm, st- I'm still on a public street at, at this point. Like, I haven't gone into the base, haven't anything, but she's she just like starts berating me. What? This is a military base. You can't go. This is restricted security. You can't. It's like, whoa. Sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll turn around. She's like, no, you can't turn around. I was like, then how do you expect me to leave? I can't. What, what do you want to just back up into the car that's behind me? Like, and she's like, ah, hold on. And then she goes and puts a cone behind me. She's like, all right, what I have to have you do, I'll hold on to your license and you have to turn around right now. It's like, I was just, that's where I was going to turn around. I, I mean, it was weird. What, what else would we do? <laughs> just like drive in with your life and be like, you got my license. Bye-bye. Yeah, seriously. So it, it we, little, we couldn't go through the military base to get there. It was intense. <laughs> So we ended up like going, there's a state park, it's called like Borderland State Park or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we were like, okay, well, you know, there's been sightings of different birds down there. We'll just drive down there. So it was like driving through like Mexico, like getting down there. Like there's, there were those peahens on the road or the, the guinea fowl or the whatever. The guinea fowl or whatever that were just running all over the road. Yeah. Like horses and cows and like just lots of stuff. And so we get down to the, the road down to the Borderland State Park. And like, I was looking at the map and like the, uh, there was a, a park, like a county park that was on the side up the hill going mm-hmm. to the and you could see the border fence like right there and yeah. so we were like not sure where to go or anything and then we got to the border state park and it was closed yeah we drove like this rickety road we're like trying to drive, like, drive around potholes and stuff and, and then like we find, mud roads and there was all sorts of signs saying this could be flooded watch out for flooding and stuff like that but it hadn't rained for how many ever days and everything all the water was low like somebody just forgot to go pick up signs i guess but we get to, we get all the way down to the end of this, and the sign says closed. And there's it, it doesn't didn't look like there was a reason for the for it to be closed aside from maybe it had flooded. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. So then it was like, oh, man. So then we drove all the way back, and then we took a couple more laps around the military base trying to figure out where they. I know to go. we cannot figure out how to get there. <laughs> I I think it's on the north side of that base. There's a small parking lot, and I think the truck we saw wasn't a birder. I think it was like a county worker. Well, I think I think it was a National Wildlife Refuge employee oh. driving a National Wildlife Refuge truck, and we just didn't look that closely at it. Hmm. But I don't know. So anyways, <laughs> but the Visitor Center side of Tijuana Slew is very nice. Seriously, it's pretty awesome. And yeah. maybe if we asked some people, we probably could have got some answers, but... But we don't do that. We, we're not we're not into talking to people. You know, <laughs> um, you know how it is. So by that time, we decided we should just go to the festival headquarters and like mm-hmm. see what we're actually supposed to do and like yeah. meet people. See what we're going to spend our week doing. Yeah. So we went there and it was based at a Marina Village Conference Center, which is... Um, really big yeah. actually um there are just like a handful of different conference center sites right in the same area and we the birding festival had like what maybe five buildings or so right in that area it was like it was like things. that whole square area so it was something like that there's four or five buildings something like that yeah so we met jen who's the main corner of the fest coordinator of the festival and right when we got there the bikes that it was perfect timing yeah right um so we were leading biking and birding which we've said in like every episode for the past like five or six episodes but we got there the bikes arrived we got them all stored in the place that they were supposed to go and then we were like hey can we borrow these bikes (laughs) so we can figure out what we're doing (laughs) and she was like yeah go for it so um like at 
what was it like 11 o'clock in the afternoon after we've no been, it, was, it was later than that it I was think like it was maybe one it was like one yeah it, yeah it was afternoon so it was like we've been burdened all morning hot and tired and then we we're like okay we're gonna go on a 10 mile bike ride yeah we'll just, we'll just go see what see what we're in for so we we, we borrowed the bikes um and we had a day before the festival we had an idea of what hot spots we would be going to every day um, based on, you know, eBird and that we've been there a couple times, but we hadn't really like super birded, uh, Mission Bay. So we took a look and we were like, okay, so we're going to stop at these places. And so we got on the bikes and they were cruiser bikes, like mm -hmm. beach cruisers because pedal like, backwards to stop. Yeah. Know. No brakes, no gears. It has brakes. You pedal backwards to stop. Sorry. No handbrakes. <laughs> no handbrakes. Um, they all had like baskets in the front and like little bells and everything. Big, big, fat, comfortable seats. Yeah. Nice, right. nice and comfortable bikes to ride. I, I liked it. I, I do too, but it's just like, you got to be prepped before you go on one of those bikes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. You got to be ready. Cause I think if you say like biking and birding, you just assume it's going to be like a mountain bike. Yeah. Like, like what we try to do on our human powered big days yeah yeah so we we bar borrow these nice comfortable cruiser bikes that were lots of fun to ride um we, we, <laughs> i'm glad you enjoyed I, it. I enjoyed them so we we borrowed and we, we rode around the entire um all, all of mission bay we didn't do any birding at all we were i just honestly i wanted to find out how long is it going to take us to just straight up ride around it and then where like looking at eBird, we had pretty good idea of what our spots were going to be, but I, I wanted to see them firsthand. Like well, what I, is our stops? And I wanted to check the bathrooms too, because yeah. like if there's something that I'm really paying attention to when we're birding, it's where are the bathrooms. And I knew we were going to go with people, and so mm -hmm. I was worried about where bathrooms and water stops were going to be. And for most of the days, water stops were important. Yes, but then there was there was two of the days that it was not hot at all it was it was cold and people were not needing the water stops at all but we rode it i think it took us about an hour and a half of just straight riding so it was like it ended up being about 10 miles yeah. um it took me a little while to remember how to get on and off those bikes because i like having my seat really high mm -hmm. um like on any bike that i ride and so it it was hard for me to like start pedaling because i couldn't back pedal to get the the pedals to where i wanted it to yeah so that took a lot of time for me to remember i like by the last day of us leading biking to birdie and that's when i finally like <laughs> got into a groove of how to ride that bike see i feel like on a bike like as long like I'm I'm fine I'll be comfortable and or I'll be equally as uncomfortable no matter where no matter what kind of bike I'm on and how I'm doing it so it's just I just deal with it so I think the most important thing that we found so like you said we weren't really birding at all we had a couple like we made a couple stops yeah just just to see like what the vantage point was and what sort of habitat we're specifically looking at but the one really good sighting that we did have that first day was um, the snow geese. Yeah. And after, like... Had, had no idea that they were there. Did well, and it came up as rare. And yeah. you had seen it on the rare bird alert before, hadn't you? No, I hadden't seen it yet. Oh, I by then. No, no I, had, I, I had no idea. I didn't, I didn't know snow geese were hanging out in Mission Bay. So there were three snow geese, and then, like... We reported it and, you know, that it came up rare and everything. And then we looked back in the reports and they've been reported there for the last couple yeah. of days. I, well, it had been uh, months that they'd been there. So it was like they, they just they just spent the whole winter there. 
So um, we did the ride and, you know, kind of chilled out and like got prepared and everything. So on the bike rides, we both had binoculars mm -hmm. and then I had like Gatorade because I was like, I'm going to pass out if I don't have some <laughs> Gatorade and then like a snack, which turned out to be superfluous. I didn't really need that in the first place. Um, but I was also looking out for everybody. I'm in tune to the Maslow's, so I know where people need bathrooms and, and water and things I like that. See, I didn't, I didn't think any of those extra things the guests were going to need any of that I just stuff. didn't want somebody to pass out on us. Yeah. Um, but then we also wanted to bring our scope with us because, like, that's, you know... There, there was there was a few pretty good spots. Up up on the platform at... Uh, look Looking over the... Um, the wetlands on the on the north end. Yeah. Like there was a whole big overlook there, and then down in uh, at Crown Crown Point East, mm -hmm. the your Crown Point East Beach. There's a whole park there. You you could look out over Mission Bay and get pretty, two pretty good vantage points where you can use a scope. So um, I we had like tried to figure out how are we gonna bring our scope with us and we we're like should we have like packs on the side of our bikes what's the best option best route and we had asked people and never really had a good response and no no nobody like we like we we talked to uh um to dorian yeah dorian anderson who did biking big gear a few years back we talked to him about his and he he, he kind of had like, had, like saddlebags he, he has saddlebags and so he gave us like this is what he has but he's like i don't know Everyone does something different. So he was kind of, he was a little bit wishy-washy about it too, but he, he had a specific thing that he used, his saddlebags, which we tried to look up and, but we weren't sure what kind of bikes we were going to have, yeah. if we were going to be able to bring those and attach them. And so I found tri a tri-pack because I was like, there has to be a backpack that you can put on a scope and use. So I found a tri-pack, which actually was perfect. So it fits on your back, on your um, tripod like with Velcro and then you like just wear it like a backpack mm -hmm. and that was fantastic. Um, the like stitching on the top of the, the straps has torn a little bit. So I'm concerned about that. I think it should be fine though. Cause I have a backpack that has very similar wear, like the damage and it's like 15 years old Yeah, and it developed that like 10 years ago. So mm -hmm. I think it should be fine. We might we might want to put some extra stitching in it, but but, but it, that's the only thing that was that seemed after 60, 65, 70 miles worth of riding. With yeah, it. but that turned out to be fantastic. Yeah. So anyway, so we um, just kind of workshopped all that and tested it out, and that rest of the day we just hung around the festival a little bit mm -hmm. and you know got the lay of the land and then the next morning we had our very first uh biking and birding with actual people yeah Dra dragging people along to have fun <laughs> with us yeah so it was it was good all, all of our biking birding days they were different every single one so we had four total days of biking and birding and all four days we saw completely different birds each time i Wish I would have done, ch done, gone through my eBird and checked it all for what each of the spots had, but I think total we saw like ninety five species over the four days. Wow! And each individual day we saw about sixty species. That's a, that's great. So there was it, all sorts of variety in birds. Some one day we saw black skimmers. We didn't see black skimmers the other I know, three days. I know it was only that one day. There was uh, snow geese every day, of course. There was. 
just every day there was something different Coops that we saw. And redheads and yeah, it was warblers. Super, super variable. Like there was a 30, 30 species difference total that we didn't see every single day. So it was, it was def- definitely interesting. It's it's, it's kind of nice that you can ride around Mission Bay every single day for a week and see different birds every single day. Yeah, so like Eric said, we did it four different days with people. Mm -hmm. We had like 10 people one day, I think like nine people one day, four, and then like 10 again. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the really cool, interesting things was that um, they were doing work, construction, on the the San Diego River. There's a bike bike path there, and they were repaving it. Yeah, so the first two days we weren't able to go on that, so we had to do like a long detour around it, which was a little frustrating. But the last two days, because Eric was harassing the (laughs) the workers, every time when are you gonna be done? When are you gonna be done? When can we ride on it? Well, I I wasn't harassing him, but but I definitely (laughs) talked to him twice. (laughs) Out of the Um, two days that they were closed, I talked to them both days. Um, but that when we were able to add that estuary ride, it was phenomenal because on that you get way more widgeons. We had um, little blue heron just like right there, avocets, black neck stilts. Just the the we didn't get those through the rest of Mission Bay, but along the river, too deep for most of it. Exactly, it's too deep for most of it. Yeah, but then as soon as we get to the estuary or the the rivers. Um, yeah, it's the San Diego it, River. It's the San Diego River, but it's I think they call it the estuary, Maybe. Uh, that section. But it um as soon as you get to that section, like pelicans and black neck stilts and avocets and all these things that are just like hanging out in the shallow water. So yeah. It's super, super and super easy, super close looks at them. So the the river, the estuary, that whole section there is really, really, really good for birding. Yeah, so we did biking and birding. All the days. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, we'd kind of hang out at the expo uh, or the vendor area, which was a lot. So we've been to a handful of festivals and um, some of them are like different levels of professional, I'd say. Like some of them are more like casual festivals that, you know, there's field trips and then everybody like gets dinner afterwards or something. Yeah. But like the Rio Grande Valley, I really feel like is like up there with like big festival, really professional, like how it's put on, like signs are specific to the festival or something like that. Okay. Um, but I would feel that, you know, this one's up there with like the Rio Grande Valley Festival. Like it's really professionally put on, like it has a schedule of events that's really varied and has a lot to offer to yeah. lots of different birders. Like Eric, said you know a lot of the people that go to this festival are local which was really neat for us because like the rio grande valley festival there's very little locals that go to it uh but this one had a ton of locals that were just really excited about like seeing their at least for biking and birding seeing their area you know where they live in like a whole different um view yeah we we had a ton of people that were on our bike bike trips that lived like a couple miles from where we were biking. Yeah. And then a bunch of them that, that lived a couple miles away were like, I have never ridden my bike around this. Yeah. And so us coming from 400 miles, 500 miles away, up up in northwestern Oregon, we're showing them their backyard from a whole different perspective, like from, from the back of a bike. And look, look, this is so much fun. It's easy. And then they're, they're coming to realize that, hey, it's 
not that bad to just ride your bike around this room if you want to just go for a short bike ride. Which, yeah. hour, hour and a half of just straight riding, we, we rode it for birding four hours, but we, we could have spent, well, we, we spent four days, but, <laughs> but no, no, we could have easily spent each day, we could have spent a whole day at each of our spots, because it's, they're nice, a, a nice short bike ride that you can extend out into an entire day that these people that live in the area don't have, didn't, didn't even realize was so birdie and was so easy to ride. Well, and then in the vendor area in the afternoon, you know, they would, it's along the marina. And so the marina had really good birding in it too. Mm -hmm. Like there was oh, yeah. a peregrine falcon that was on top of the Hyatt and there were kingfishers on top of the boats. And, mer and there was a merlin one day yeah. on top of the boats. And the cool thing about that is that all of the, like there's a lot of vendors that have optics that they're trying to show off and so they'll set them up along this um this walkway and so you can they'll stake out those birds and you can see it you can look at it in like a swarovski a koa and you know um i guess Leica wasn't there but like maybe vortex you know you can you can yeah. check it out in all the different equipment yeah, to see which one you have, actually they want they have a whole bunch of different scopes set up and then you can you can like use them in the field sort of situation. But looking at the same bird through yeah. all of them. Like, there's not really... At a... the same distance, in the same light. I've yeah. never had an opportunity where you can do that. No, yeah. You, even even at the Rio Grande Festival, like, they they have... It's fantastic expo, but... It's huge. It's just not... Conducive. It's not conducive to nature being... I mean, there, there is... If you were to... Yeah, it's kind of a long walk around to the back of the building. Yeah. But if, if you were to walk around to the back of the building, there's a... Um, the, the new expo center there there's a um a big ditch that would probably have some pretty good wildlife in it that you could set up a scope on and all that stuff but but, but here they were out there on tops of the tops of the boats merlins yellow crown night herons black crown night herons peregrine falcons just right there like literally from the expo like you could from the vendor expo so it was, it was pretty cool and it was just it was fun to see friends so like you know, the Rio Grande Valley Festival is the biggest one that we've done before. Mm -hmm. And so we usually we see some of these people like once a year just at that festival. But this one, <laughs> it was like fun to see Jeff again from Koa and, you know, see um, those gals from the Valley Nature Center. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, I saw you a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was really neat. And I just had a ton of fun. We also did a couple meetups. Um I really want to try to get women in birding to be more of a, um, more of a thing that more people can participate in and, um, meet other women who are birders and create, you know, a supportive network of women at these sorts of things. So whether you go to these festivals alone and you want to meet other ladies or you go with, you know, your husband and you still want to meet other women who are birders to create this supportive network. That was really the reason why I think we had these events. Yeah. So we decided to have a couple uh, women who burned socials is what I call them. Um, throughout the festival, we had the first one was at Amplified Ale Works, which is just a beautiful brewery in Pacific Beach. Um, and the manager, Brian, was, was super nice about working with us because I was like, hey, I might have a bunch of people come, um, <laughs> you know, can, can we do this? Because I don't want to overwhelm a brewery. That would yeah. just be like rude. Um, so I contacted him before and asked if it was okay. And we got there and, um, we had 
a couple of the people show up. Uh, Christina from uh, Beaumont. Mm -hmm. She's the tourism director. Yeah, tourism director for yeah. the city of Beaumont. Yeah, so she met with us as well as one of her um, her colleagues came. And we just had these great conversations about how to get more youth involved in birding and women. And in, na in nature tourism in general. Yeah. So, not, not just birding. Yeah, and we had some um, kebabs. Too. They have yeah. an interesting menu that has lots of different foods on it. I think we had some hummus, which is not something that we normally eat. I, I love hummus. Hannah hates hummus. <laughs> she refuses to eat any hummus. And I, I like hummus. I like... Crushed up beans. That's fine. They're good. <laughs> I know. I just don't really like it's the delicious. texture. <laughs> but anyways, Amplified has good food. I liked it. Hannah Hannah's... Not not so not no, so. No, no, they had good. They had good food. I just don't like hummus. <laughs> um. So that, that the first that, that was the first uh, women who bird social, and then the second women who bird social is on day three of the festival. I think. I think so, and we had that one at Modern Times, and we really only had that one because like I posted the first one. It was gonna be on a Thursday because I was like the breweries aren't gonna be busy. Like. You know, there might be a lot of people. It's the like, first real day of the festival. Yeah. And then one of our listeners, Andrea, um, she was like, I can't make that day. Can we do a second one? <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I was like, sure, we're going to need to eat dinner every night. Let's do another one. Might as well. We're out of town. So she suggested Modern Times, which was fantastic. Had really good beer. Uh, and we had a better showing at that one. We had Cheryl and Andrea and Kim. And a couple other gals show up and we just had really good conversations. I felt like, you know, we, we hashed a lot of things out about women and birding and festivals, guiding and speaking. And, and they had pretty good beers there too. They did. And that one was just like super meaningful. You know, I, I feel like we had some great conversations and I look forward to continuing them at like biggest weekend birding. We have a social plan for that too. Yeah. Um, with Molly Brown from Nighthawk Ads Advertising. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where all this goes. Well, and, and Kim contacted you too about wanting to... Kim Kaufman. Want, 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 yeah, Kim, Kim Kaufman wanted to kind of try to coordinate and try to help help with that, I think. Yeah, I'm a little worried I'm in trouble with Kim. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> have you have you emailed her back yet? I messaged her and she oh, okay, got good. back to me. All right, so... Um, but it, any, anyways, the... Um, those those were a ton of fun, and we also we also ended up meeting some non-birder people there at the bar. The, <laughs> she like it was I think I think they were on a date or maybe they were married. I, I think they know. were together. I, I don't know, but they they were hilarious. It was two two people we just met at the bar. They saw my name tag that said Hannah Busher Trip Leader, and they were like, <laughs> "What kind of trip?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm a birder." Yeah, so so we had a long conversation. I hope I hope um they're listening to this episode. So maybe. Yeah, maybe they could leave us a review now. Yeah, go leave us a review now and And say you were the ones we met at the bar in modern yeah. times. <laughs> or, or or email us or message us or something. Just hit us up. Yeah, but modern times, that was that was definitely that was definitely a good bar. Definitely a good brewery. Yeah. No food. No food, but good drinks. Yeah. The bathrooms are clean. I didn't check them. Yeah, I had I had to go to the bathroom while we were there. Oh. It was nice. Okay. It was a nice bathroom. Eric's the token man that comes to all of our <laughs> events, but mostly because he's my driver. <laughs> <laughs> so after after we were done having tons of fun 
taking people around uh, Mission Bay birding. And, and like going to the socials and meeting lots of people. And, and, and telling people about citizen science and how to travel. Yeah, we did a couple talks. We were probably really wordy. Yeah, probably. Well, we'll refine them, I guess. We'll be better speakers next time. Yeah. Maybe. Not that we weren't bad speakers before. I, th- I, I don't thought, know. I thought we were good, but I think I think we you can always be better. You can always fix make th- make things better. I feel like everybody looked like they were drinking from fire hose. <laughs> like way <laughs> too a, much information. There was a lot of information for us to give. We <laughs> we, we need to tone it back a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I thought it was good. I, I, people definitely enjoyed themselves. The, f- the first day, people were getting back from their trips, and so they were tired. The room was hot, and there's they're they were falling asleep. <laughs> I don't think it had anything to do with what we were saying. I think I, mean, it was, I, I think it was just <laughs> I think it was just uh, end, end of a day. They were hot and it was it, it was, was a lot. like really comfortable in there. Oh my gosh, I could have fallen asleep for That's sure. That's why the second day I was like, I'm gonna open the doors just so nobody yeah. falls asleep. But then everybody at that wedding that was next to it was oh, smoking. So, yeah. So I didn't want to leave the door open because it just blew smoke in. Yeah. That was pretty awful. Well, they, they were loud out there too. They were. Yeah. But anyways, so we finished all that stuff. We had had a ton of fun at the San Diego Burning Festival. And then we decided we still had a full, one entire full day of birding left. Well, we were like... Also had an evening. We, we went up to Mount Laguna. Oh, yeah, we did. And it was snowing sideways, ice coming down at us. And Well, hang on. So we <laughs> left San Diego. It was like, what, 70 degrees or something like, like 75 that? 75 or something. It was, I, we, I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. We had just finished biking and birding. And we're like, let's go up to this mountain. And somebody said we can find evening gross peaks. Which we still need for our life list. But I don't want to talk about them. Yeah. But anyways, we, we need them up here. They're, they're all over the place <laughs> up here. They're everywhere. They're freaking... They're feeder birds for some people. You, you go a little <laughs> further north, they're feeder birds. I hate That's, these birds. They're like right here. I hate them. But we don't have them yet. And people were like, oh, well, they're down here. And it's it's like a rare ride-in for down for down there. But it was but, like, oh, well, they know where they're at. Let's go there. Yeah, so, like, we just left the festival. It was, like, an hour away. Eric's in shorts and t-shirt. You know, <laughs> I'm in whatever. And so we get up to the top, and it's, like, freezing at the top of this mountain. It, we're, we're at, like, 5,000 feet or 5,500 feet or something. Yeah. So it's, we're, we're up high. Yeah. Which I, I had not anticipated at all. <laughs> but I, 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 was, I wasn't feeling bad. I was Hashtag like, whatever. Hashtag misadventure. <laughs> So we got up to the top of Mount Laguna and we see signs all over the place to say, like, you have to have a permit to come up here because yeah. it's a national forest. And we're like, oh, dang. Oh, dang it. <laughs> so we chanced it. Don't tell any rangers because it was we shouldn't Sunday. have done that. Well, we, we figured it was Sunday evening. It was cl- It was after normal hours for people. So I, I figured... Like well, whatever. If if they write us a ticket, I'll just I'll just deal with it. I'll I'll pay the ticket. I'm I'm in the wrong. I'll I'll deal with it. Yeah. But I you don't follow our example. Yeah. We we we're... couldn't we couldn't find anywhere to buy permits. You have to buy them at like a Dick's Sporting Goods or something. Yeah. Or it, like it was a grocery store. And, and, and it's very confusing to look online. Like we're not used to having to buy we national forest like, parking permits. Oh my gosh! To find where to buy Ugh. it, it was like looking clicking through like ten pages. Yeah, it was it was very frustrating trying like, to figure that out. Like I support our federal oh, like sure. land protections and everything, but like it's confusing. M- make it easier for us to figure out where we where we Seriously, need to go. Seriously, if you want my money, like make it easier for me to pay. I want to buy the permit. I know. I want to pay for I it. I want to give you my money. <laughs> Anyways, <gasps> so we we chanced it. We didn't buy the permit. We just. I guess illegally parked on the side of the road. Well, we were like, okay, so we'll just like go down the trail like a few feet. 
Yeah, and see if we that, that's true. We, we weren't planning on going very far. Like, we were like, well, we'll stay within sight of the car. No, we ended up going like a mile. At least. Into this valley. Looking for evening gross beaks. And by, by the time we got about halfway back is when it started snowing. Yeah. And I'm I'm wearing a rain jacket because it was cold. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like 34 degrees or 35 it, you, degrees. You're wearing, you were double t-shirting. I, I, yeah, I put on a second jacket. t-shirt. and then So I was wearing two t-shirts and a rain jacket. You had a sweatshirt, didn't you? Yeah, because I'm smart. Yeah. And I was wearing my shorts. And about halfway back it started snowing. <laughs> and then... It just was like snowing, and then it, it became like whiteout for for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, where it was we, pretty miserable. We couldn't, we couldn't see anything. It's just like it's snowing sideways, but the, but there was tons of birds. There was there was House juncos which is like crazy. Oh, and the, and the juncos. So there was I failed. I completely forgot to go look up what subspecies, but any specific subspecies would be a rare right? And so you'd have to. So I guess they're just monitoring, making sure people don't um, just make up just don't make subspecies. up subspecies. But there was. A subspecies of dark-eyed junco up there. I would that, call it a slate junco. Well, it, it wasn't a slate junco. It was. It had a um, a rufous back, so it was like a rufous um, back of the neck, mm-hmm. like below the dark be- below the dark head. It was like rufousy. Yeah. And so it was. It was definitely not an Oregon dark-eyed junco, which okay. is what we're we're used to seeing up here. And it wasn't slate then. It wasn't slate. It was. But it's it like was bib some... was like really like light gray. But yeah. Overall, it was a very light. It was a very light bird altogether. So, yeah. so it was a different dark-eyed junco that was like, "Oh, this is exciting," and but I didn't get a picture of it. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't take super close stock of the way it looked, but but it was it was really cool. So we saw some really cool birds. Mm-hmm. Lots of um, western western bluebirds. Oh yeah, tons. And I don't think I saw a single acorn woodpecker, but we heard acorn <laughs> woodpecker and saw two different. Uh, Trees, uh, trees, gra- granary trees, granary trees. They're just full of full of acorns, and but didn't see a single woodpecker. Just we kept hearing them. We heard like, so many off out out into the blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> there was like these these woodpeckers just laughing at us from, from <laughs> out all around us. It, it was it was pretty cool. And H- Hannah took a couple pictures of like the snow coming out of sideways and me, <laughs> me standing out there in shorts. Well, and you could like hear it on the ground, like hitting the ground. Yeah, yeah. So th- that was exciting. That was wild. Uh, and then we go back down, and it's it's back to seventy five degrees once we get back to San Diego. And we warmed up. <laughs> and we warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, um, that happened, and then the next morning we had like a full day, and we were like. Hmm, what should we do? Should we, like, go to Disneyland because it's not far? Should we go birding? Should we go to the San Diego Zoo or the wildlife park? And, like, at that point, I was kind of frustrated with chasing because it was, like, I feel like we'd been chasing oh every gosh. single day. We've been, we were chasing that Ridgeway's Rail. Like, we, um, there Still was didn't a, get a Ridgeway's Rail. There was a place that was, like, a mile away from the conference center. It's called Famosa Slough. That everybody was like, oh yeah, you just go right there, and there's Ridgeway's Rail right there. And so we went there like three times, and nothing. <laughs> no, no no rails at all. Which, Ridgeway's Rail is a, it used to be a subspecies of Clapper Rail, and I'm, I'm sure someone's going to correct me, but it's, I think it was 2014, they split Ridgeway's Rail, in, or split Clapper Crapper. <laughs> yeah, I feel split, like that too. <laughs> seriously. Split clapper rail off and 
you have clapper rail and then this distinct the crapper rail the the clapper rail and you this, know the ridgeways is the crapper rail yeah it's it, yeah because it sucks because it's not it's can't, can't find it um but they split off ridgeways rail and then within ridgeways rail i think there was seven subspecies oh my gosh that's that, way too much. that are that are all recognized Just subspecies calm down y'all there's it's, so there, there's a bunch of different so specifically there's the light-footed ridgeways rail <laughs> light-footed yeah that's uh that's in San Di- that's in that section of San Diego County. So you go further east and you go further north, you can find a, a few other different subspecies of Ridgeways rails, but they used to be a subspecies of clapper. So they look pretty much like a very very similar to a clapper rail, but they're they're not. They're like a they're, little bit bigger, just, right? Yeah, they're bigger and the, and they're more gregarious. I I don't know. Okay. Maybe sure. <laughs> Well, anyway, so like after the the day trips for the festivals, like everybody was going on these these Ridgeway Rail trips to Famosa Slough, mm-hmm. and everybody was getting it, and so we were like, okay, well, this can't be that hard. It can't be that hard. They're right there. Yeah, no, we can't find them. No, we can't find rails. We can't we can't find chase birds. Seriously, <laughs> never chase a bird with us. Oh yeah, we'll never get it. Except for that one time we found a mountain plover. I don't. I don't want to talk about the mountain plover. <laughs> so anyways, so no Ridgeways rail. I forgot where I was going with this. No evening grosbeak. No, no evening oh, grosbeak. Oh, yeah. No Ridgeways. So, so that's, yeah. So the last day when we had like a full day to ourselves and we were trying to figure out what to do, I was like super bummed and I, hating birding. And I was like, <laughs> we can't find anything we're looking for. What's the point of chasing? Because we're never going to find it. Like, I am just sick of failure. <laughs> I feel like a failure and I'm tired of it. And so, um, I don't know. I just got like a second wind and I was like, you know what? What we're going to do is go to the Salton Sea, <laughs> which is like an hour and a half away. It was more, it was like two and a half away. I don't think it, whatever. It, it was a long, it was a long drive. Anyways, I was like, okay, let's go there. You know, people see these quails, like maybe, maybe we'll be, have some success. Yeah. Gamble's so, quails, maybe? Yeah. yeah. So we got up that last day. We st- <laughs> stopped by Laguna Mountain again because we were like, we're going to get these stupid evening gross beak. We, we had a bunch of red crossbills. We did. Which, that was super exciting. We um, didn't go that far. And it was like... No, we st- this time we actually stayed by the car. And there was like ice raining down on us. So that was kind of intense. It was falling out of the trees. <laughs> but I was standing on the trees. So it was like it was raining down right on me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we stood there for like half an hour in the freezing cold. And still no evening gross beaks. No. But we had... We, but I, it was my first time I think I've ever gotten pictures of red crossbills. You got some good pictures. I got some, yeah, there, there, there. A few um, came low enough that they weren't like way the heck up in the top of the pine trees. They were down only like fifteen feet off the ground. So like, this is awesome. Um, and then we got back on Highway Eight on Interstate Eight and headed out to the Salton Sea. Yeah, so we got out to the Salton Sea. The section that we went to was the. Um, it was the Sunny Bono. The Sunny Bono National Wildlife Refuge. Yeah, National section. Wildlife Refuge Visitor Center. Yeah. So it was on the south, on the total south end, like I guess the closest to San Diego, the city of San Diego. Yeah, probably. Um, because we didn't want to drive that much further. <laughs> but it it was it was fantastic. The visitor center is closed. 
and I, I posted it, but as story of our lives, visitor center is closed the, the one day that we're there. I know. The one thing like I want to see, I want to go for interpretive panels. It's like closed. <sighs> That's fine. Oh. Because we got a bunch of lifers. But something that I found, found really fascinating was on all the glass windows or half the glass windows, they had the, um, I don't know if. If they were Ecopian bird savers, or if they were just like they made them themselves, it was like an yeah aftermarket manufacturer or whatever. But it was um, basically shoestrings that were strung vertically, spaced to two inches apart, all the way across the windows to break up the reflection for birds from the feeders, so they don't come flying into the windows. So there's a manufacturer, Ecopian bird savers, that make that. We we talked to Heidi Trudell five, six, seven, eight episodes ago. 10 episodes ago um, about about this sort of thing. And so I, I posted it to one of her Facebook pages. I was like, hey, look at this. Uh, but I was like, ah, but they only have it over half the windows. So, <laughs> uh, so something's better than nothing. But but they weren't open, so I wasn't able to talk to them and find out if maybe they've only done half because they're still working on it or or what. But but their bathrooms were open. Their bathrooms were open, yeah. They're they're unlocked even when the visitor center is closed. <laughs> okay, so like so we got to the, the nature center and like in front of the nature center there's, you know, kind of like a garden area. Mm-hmm. And we looked down the trail towards the nature center and there was like quail just like running everywhere. everywhere. The the tar- the main target species. Like I've never seen quail so abundant that just that like, easy to get that easy to see they're just like right there even up here california quail nothing. Oh, yeah I've you, seen you, them like you, twice. Find, you find them every once in a while but they're Barely. not they're not nearly as abundant and easy to find as these gambles quail were so that was wild they were just like all over the place and then we saw this like little brown bird that kind of looked like a female cardinal or something like that and mm-hmm. then it just popped in my head because i had been looking at ebert i was like oh my gosh that's an ebert's tohi yeah. And it was just like right there. But black mask, b- brown body overall. I feel like, like black mask is giving rough. it like a lot of it's, <laughs> credence for that. I, I know. It's like, it's come on. It's barely black. Come on. It's barely black mask. But then, but then it's got this little red rump that you, or it's like the vent. Yeah. That you could just barely see this vent. So it's like the back, back of the back of the belly where the cloak is at. <laughs> the vent. Underneath the tail. So it's like this little kind of a red, barely color and I, it was they're they're good looking birds the abert's tony yeah i like them so then we i don't know we were like okay let's head down the trail and see what else we can find because we saw the two targets two of the target species yeah like at the feeders yeah w- and, within like 30 seconds of getting out of the car i know and got tons of great pictures of them because they're right there yeah and i think i don't know for sure because i haven't listened to them yet i'll listen to them as soon as we're done recording this but I think I'm going to use some of the calls that I got that day for the intro and outro for this episode. So probably Gamble's Quail. I might use Gamble's Quail for both ends. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it depends on what I got. <laughs> but I, I have like 30 calls that are on the SD card right now as we speak that I haven't listened to. <laughs> um, oh, and I was so excited that COA, they, so they sponsored the Women in Step mm-hmm. team with the Champions of the Flyway. And so we had met, seen Jeff, who's the um, rep at the birding festival, and he was giving us gear to use for the the Champions of the Flyway, which included a scope and a phone scope and binoculars. And so I had that whole setup, so I got some great pictures on my phone 
through the phone scope system. And a, and a bunch of videos. So you, you took a bunch of like like <laughs> slow-mo videos of the Gamble's quail, like the They're females like scratching, scratching oh. to dig a hole. Oh. I, I love the way it does slow-mo video where it does it like regular speed for a second and all of a sudden it slows down. I like how she like scratches and then she looks down. It looks really intense. <laughs> and put, set that to some music. Yeah, right. <laughs> um... So we got some great footage there, and then we decided to go on the rock trail, the rock hill trail, um, because we were like, well, what else does this National Wildlife Refuge have to offer? It just has that one trail. Yeah. So we started down that way, and, you know, not a whole lot. Like, there was some stuff moving in the trees, but it was mostly the towhees. And then we got out to these, like, um, like, um, like farm patches mm -hmm. and there were a lot of uh, shorebirds in there and a lot of ducks and snow geese and um i think there were some pelicans out there too yeah and then this huge pond that oh my gosh it was filled with ruddy ducks widgeons shovelers teals must have been 40 50 cinnamon teals out there that, like, that was the salton sea well before we got to that oh you're right yeah <laughs> but before we got to that on the right there was, oh, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, that pond. Yeah. The, okay, I was, like, was, I was like, that giant thing, that was the sea. We were oh, looking at the sea. Oh, that was the sea. <laughs> okay. No, you, you're right. On the right, there was that uh, that, that that pond thing. There was the retention pond. Or yeah, the black neck still, yeah, assets. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like wild how much stuff there was. We got that snipe. Yeah, but, that was weird. Just You just like plugging along eating. I know, but like I just was like moving the scope, and all of a sudden I found a snipe. <laughs> it was exciting. Yeah, Wilson snipe just hanging out. And we got out to the the Salton Sea, and just yeah, tons of ducks all over the place. Just incredible how many ducks there were. And, yeah, hundreds and hundreds. And then um, on the way back, it had warmed up a little bit because when we were headed out there, it was chilly. Mm -hmm. And on the way back, there was um, a. There were there was a verdant hopping around in the the bushes. Um, it wasn't salt cedar, right? It, there was that ditch in between it, us it, and the farm fields. I don't know what it was, but I, it to me it looked like salt cedar. But it, I don't know if salt cedar is there. But we did have our third lifer for that part. Yeah, it was a black-tailed gnat catcher, which was, was super exciting. Super exciting. No pictures really at all. I mean, I, I I put a picture on eBird. And I'll sh I'll share the list in the show notes. That's not but worth looking at. Don't don't look at the picture. It's you you can see that there's a black cap and you can see that there's a black tail, and that's about it. It's completely obscured by the by the trees that are just like hiding it. It it came out. We got a couple really good looks, but I was I, I wasn't looking through my camera. Where I was looking through my binoculars. Yeah. Like we were we were scanning, trying to find it, and all of a sudden it pops up and it hung out for like five seconds, maybe. At the top, and then it dropped down, and then I got my camera out. Nothing, 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 and then it hopped back up a little bit later, and that's back back to the binoculars. And we're oh, dude, no, no, and I pull up my camera and gone, drop back down. So, but anyways, that was incredible. That that sight, you know, that we could come and get three lifers in just a few minutes, mm -hmm. and like great looks at them, especially the quail and the toki, and like just a really interesting spot. Like if you're in that area. Like the San Diego or SoCal area, like definitely check out the Salton Sea and the yeah. Sunny Bono. Like when we were at the festival, I heard overheard somebody like, "Oh, we're gonna spend tomorrow with the Salton Sea," and I was like, "I don't know what that is, and I don't really care." <laughs> and then I looked on eBird, and 
you know, just like on a whim was like, well, this guy said he's going to spend that time there. Maybe we should go do that for our like layover day and totally worth it. Yeah, definitely, definitely worth it. And so we, we did that. We spent maybe three or four hours there and then we headed, we had started headed back West, back to San Diego and stopped at, uh, Anza Borrego state, uh, state desert forest. Desert state park. Desert state park. And it is a huge. Oh my gosh, park. it's huge! Yeah, it just keeps going and going. We kept we kept seeing signs like, "Oh, you're in here. You're you're in the state, the desert state park." And then we drive past another sign like an hour later saying we're still in the park. And it's like this this thing is huge. It just keeps going and going and going. And so I had seen like on Eber that the Tamarisk um, camping ground was like the place to go. So we like went there mm-hmm. and we paid. We're our- not disappointed. Huh? And we were not disappointed. Well, like, okay, so I didn't know anything about it. We, it's it's hard when you look at eBird and you're not sure. Like, like people post things at that specific site, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, is that a trail? Is that like in the campground? Like, what is that? Is, is it hotspot dragging? Did, did exactly. they just go somewhere randomly and then be like, well, that's the closest hotspot, and then they just click there? Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of scary when you go to these random places and you have no idea like how people have seen things. So mm-hmm. we went to the site because um, people had been seeing Phenopepola there and also Costa's Hummingbird. So we were like, okay, well, let's, you know. Two, two things that we, we had need. To, we need. Uh, so we were like, okay, let's stop by and see if we can find them. So we got there and paid the entry fee, which was $10, and walked around the park, like around the camp loop, mm-hmm. which there's a handful of cabins and like a couple of campsites, and it was pretty much empty, like maybe two campers there. Like, it's gorgeous. It's deserty, and like the cabins are so cute, and they each have this little trellis or um, uh, pergola outside of it, and like uh, campfire. It, it's fantastic. I want to go camping there sometime, but very deserty. And we did the loop one time, didn't see anything. We were like, oh my gosh, we're not going to see anything. We paid $10 to come here. <laughs> spent all spent all this time driving out to this desert, full, desert state park campground. Yeah. And nothing. Yeah. So we we're kind of bummed and got back to the car and we're like reevaluating our lives and like, what do we really want to do? And... Then um, we saw there was like a service road and we were like, okay, well, let's go down the service road and just kind of see because there were some birds like flitting off in the distance. And so, um, I, what was the first bird that we noticed on there? It was the uh, it was Lawrence's the goldfinches. goldfinches. Yeah, Lawrence's Goldfinches. Which we had never really heard of until um, Debbie Shearwater mentioned it when we were on the trip with her mm-hmm. during over the... Um, summer when yeah. we went with her <laughs> and she had said oh you gotta go to this place for lawrence's goldfinch and we we went to that place and we didn't see him so i was like i'm never gonna see this bird <laughs> and then i saw it and i was like that is lawrence's goldfinch <laughs> yeah so really good looks at male and females lawrence's goldfinches incredible and they were hanging out with a group of house finches which they there there was like this little water spigot that was like dripping water so like it was it was the watering hole for the area for all these for all the birds. There was bees there. There was all sorts of stuff. It was hanging out at this spigot that was just like drip, drip, drip. So 
And so we saw them and we were watching them and then all of a sudden this hummingbird came up in our faces and had this beautiful purple gorget that like extended down to its chest and we we're mm -hmm. like, that's the Costas hummingbird. <laughs> <laughs> so fantastic look at the Costas hummingbird and it was like zipping around. I think I saw it get a little frisky with a female. Yeah, they're, they're, it was doing a, doing a little bit of a display with uh with, with a female that was there. So that was exciting. And so we saw these two birds. We were watching them. And then we were like, oh, man, the bird we... And then I, I think I said, like, the bird I really want to see here is the phenopepola. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we're just kind of sitting there watching the Lawrence's goldfinch. And then up in the tree, this dark bird <laughs> with a crest lands. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Just a com completely black bird. And just, like, maybe 50 feet away. And, and it, we ended up getting a little bit closer to it, but just up at the top of a tree. And I, I was, I, I noticed it. I was like, Hey Hannah, I think, I think there's our third, our third lifer. So we had two spot stops with three lifers each. <laughs> just incredible. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely want to go camping there again, because not only is it a fantastic birding spot, it has um, a dark sky rating of mm -hmm. like, you know, the best that it could possibly be. So like, that is on our list. Next year, if we get to come back to the San Diego Bird Festival, we want to go camping there. Seriously. We'll drive down and go camping. So, we get, we left there super excited. We had six lifers over less than six hours. <laughs> so, we're, we're doing better than a lifer an hour. It was awesome. Um, we headed back to San Diego and got to... Um, had to try to figure out what the heck we're going to do for dinner. <laughs> so we were looking at breweries and found this, um, Carl Strauss. Yep. And I post on, on Instagram, the wings, my lifer wings. Cause I got, <laughs> so that's apparently what he gets. Sure. Cause well, cause there's lifer pie. And so I was like, well, I'm going to do lifer wings. Cause I like, I like wings more than I like pie. <laughs> so but did we ever even get a pie? Yeah, we did. Okay, good. I can't remember where, but it was like the place to get pie in San Diego. Oh, we did go get pie at that pie place. Yeah, I got a key lime pie that was really good. No yeah. idea what the name of it was. Yeah, I don't think we could even look it up. Maybe on our credit card receipts somewhere. <laughs> but anyways, we, we got Carl Strauss Brewery, really good. Um, their beer is served in like tons of different places. Yeah. So that was that was nice. Had dinner there and then uh, flew back home the next morning. Yeah. Super so, early. Really, um whirlwind trip of san diego it didn't even feel like a week it feels like two days <laughs> i feel like we were busy the whole time didn't sleep you know hashtag no sleep club yeah it was but, fun Lots yeah of fun. great time so um yeah that was our trip to san diego yeah so coming up um no longer traving to israel um but keep Travel an eye restrictions, out for other things yeah um, in April, as of now, Pacific City Birding Blues is still on. As far um, as we know. As far as we know. Haven't heard any news about that. So, um, April, we're doing the Pacific City Birding Blues Festival. In May, we're going to be doing um, a big whirlwind trip. So far. Still haven't heard anything about any of that stuff getting canceled. Biggest um, Week says they're still on. Biggest Week says they're still on. We're going to Great Texas Birding Classic, Biggest Week in Birding, and Indiana Dunes Birding Festival. We're still planning a Women Who Bird social at Biggest Week. Um, mm -hmm. the, the idea is May 11th, so hope you get a chance to join us if you are there. But yeah. otherwise, thank you so much for uh, listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, maybe learned something. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you know, anywhere else you listen to us. 
If you'd like to connect with us on socials, please follow us at Hannah Goes Birding and Eric Goes Birding on Instagram. Hannah with an H. Eric with a K. And on our Facebook page, which is Hannah and Eric Go Birding, our Twitter is at We Go Birding, and our email is We Go Bird. Uh, our email is Hannah and Eric Go Birding at gmail.com, and our website is GoBirdingPodcast.com. So tell us what you hated, tell us what you liked, and, um, you know, give us a shout out. And share us with your friends.